If you surround yourself with people who don't like to stand out, you won't want to stand out either because they're the group of people that you identify with. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about a conversation that I had yesterday with a young person who was trying to grow their business, but it also relates back to how most people operate in life and why very few people will really achieve the life that they want. Very few people will ever exceed their own expectations. Very few people will get out of just living in mediocrity and just fitting in and doing the bare minimum, which essentially really means that they're just going to sort of struggle their way through life. And I wanted to talk about this because especially if you're listening to this in Australia and America is very much similar as well and and throughout a lot of Europe, uh, Asia is sort of coming up in the global rankings as well. But we actually live, especially in Australia, we live in the lucky country. We have a high life expectancy. We have good economic growth and have had for a long time. But that creates a whole bunch of problems. And those problems are that people become comfortable And comfort is probably one of the most destructive things to the way that people live and operate, yet the majority of people think that comfort is the goal. And when that happens, the reason why people want comfort is normally because they're living in fear. They're afraid and they feel unsafe. But it's really interesting because you've got to ask the question, why is it then that people live in supposedly Australia, which is the lucky lucky country? Well, that's what I hear it labeled as, that we live in this country called the lucky country, yet at the same time, most people want comfort. They want everything to be easy. They want life to be easy. They don't really take on challenges and they make decisions based on fear because they're afraid of losing what they've already got. And what they've got isn't fucking great. I mean, it's great if you're living in a, like it's great on a global standard. Let's say there was a God and you had this deity and it said to you, I'm going to insert one of the greatest brains on the planet into your head and you can go and do and be whatever you want to do and be. And at the same time, you choose to do nothing with that. It's pretty stupid and it's pretty pointless. That's the way that most people in this country live. Now, I know that this is going to upset a lot of people, but the driven mofos out there will get it. You listen to this and you're like, fuck yeah. Or the people out there that want to be more driven and want to live a more fulfilling life and achieve greater things and meet their own expectations, you'll probably be the people who need to hear this as well and you'll love it. But there'll be a whole bunch of other people out there who go, this guy's a prick. He doesn't understand. You don't get where I've come from. You don't get my past. You know, you don't understand my financial situation. And that's cool. No one really cares at the end of the day about what you have and haven't done. Only you do. Most people go to bed at nighttime thinking about their own lives, not yours. And so if you're not happy and you're not fulfilled with where you're at and you're not achieving your goals and your dreams and your aspirations and you're not waking up every day living a life that you want to live and you're not progressing towards something, then it can become quite unfulfilling. Now, as you're probably aware, you know my expertise is in human behavior and have worked on in and around human behavior for the last almost 20 years. What I noticed, the difference between those who tend to achieve a lot in life and get given the most opportunities in life, they do things differently than everybody else. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should go out and make a $100 million business and travel around in private jets or drive supercars. That would be pretty stupid and ignorant. And I hear a lot of people in the personal development space pushing that on people. That's not up to other people to push that on you. I'm not suggesting that at all. What I'm suggesting is that you look in your in the mirror and you ask yourself a question, and that is, am I really where I want to be at the age that I am now? Because if you're not where you want to be at the age that you are now, then what I do know is that there are a couple of certainties in life. 
Number one is that you're getting closer to dying. And I don't know when that is. And I don't think anyone really does. But you're getting closer to dying. And that should scare the shit out of you. The second thing is that your life is going to end one day. And after a couple of generations, no one is really going to give a shit or even remember who you are. Yet way too many people are more worried about the afterlife or, you know, how they're going to re be remembered when they're not here. But they're not doing the things that why they're alive to really step it up a level and push it to a level that they're happy and fulfilled in within their own life. And I'm not talking about comfort. Comfort and fulfillment are two completely different things. I spoke about this only recently at one of my events and I was talking about how fulfillment comes from progress. When you do things in your own life and you progress, you'll feel fulfilled. Yet it comes with challenge, it comes with struggle, it comes with discomfort, but at the end of it, you'll look back and you'll build your self-worth, you'll build your self-confidence, you'll build your self-love, you'll build all of those self things within you to keep you pushing forward and growing more within yourself in life. And that is fulfilling. Now, it's not easy. When people say, you know, I want an easy life and I want to live a comfortable life, I know that they're going to destroy their self-worth. They're going to destroy their self-love. They're going to destroy their self-respect because they're going to get to a level where they start contracting in life or they take the easy path and ease doesn't make us fulfilled. It does not. Yet that's the thing that most people want. Now, that raises the question then, why do people do that? especially in this so-called lucky country or in Australia or America, you know, the country of opportunity. Why do people do that? And the reason is it's because of fear. They start playing safe. Now, when you start playing safe in life, you let fear dictate your decisions or lack of decisions instead of playing because you have dreams, because you have goals, you have aspirations. You know, I was on the phone uh, only a couple of days ago and I was talking to someone and they said, you know, Michael, I don't really want a fancy house and I don't really want a fancy car. And in my head, I thought, well, why not? Why, why, like if I put that in front of you, would you say no? Like if you got to pick whatever car you wanted, whatever house you wanted, whatever clothes that you wanted to wear, whatever school that you want to put your kids through, would you say no to that? Now, most people would say no, they would definitely take that because that's also the reason why there is a large proportion of people in this country who also gamble and play the lotto because they're looking for shortcuts. They're hoping that one day that someone will just give them what they really want, which is money so that they can go and spend it on the things that are important to them in life, which they can't do now. And then the question becomes, why can't they do it now? And I can probably give you part of that answer. Not all of it, but part of it. And part of it is that they are lacking the skill sets that are needed to make big enough decisions to help them to achieve the things that they want in life. Now that's gonna suck for a lot of people because the truth is that most people aren't trained in decision-making and when they do make decisions, they make shitty fucking decisions because they're afraid and they're scared. And I don't know why so many people in this country are afraid. I think they're more afraid of criticism and judgments of other mediocre people who they hang around or who are on social media who are telling them um, you know, that they can't do things or they're waiting for them to fail and say, you're right. Most people let that define their decision-making, which is crazy. Not their goals, not their dreams, not their aspirations, not the life that they want to live. This is also the reason why I laugh when I hear people say that, you know, I, I read stuff on social media about me that people post. And there are a lot of people out there who say, you know, Michael bought his supercars to try to impress others, or he only bought that to impress others or to show off or whatever. To be honest, I didn't. I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. The reason why I bought it, and, and this is the true reason behind why I bought it. Well, the true reason I bought it was because I wanted it. The, the other reason though, was that when I was a kid, I got put into special classes, told that I had learning difficulties, and I felt like a loser. I felt like a fucking loser that I wouldn't get anywhere in life. People around me told me that you've got to go to school to get a good education so that if you get a good education, you get a good job. And when you get a good job, you can make good money. And then you can buy a house. You can have the white picket fence. You can put your kids through school. You can get married and you can live this nice, comfortable life. And I thought that was the goal. And then so what I did was 
I then started basing my thought processes around never being able to attain that. And so I fell into this downward spiral where I wanted to end my life at 15. And I remember sitting there with a kitchen knife in my hand, which I snuck out into the kitchen to get when I was living at home at 15 because I was going to cut my wrist and end my life. Because I thought I'm a loser. I'm a piece of shit. I'm not going to get anywhere in life. I don't fit into this system. I I was in trouble at school all the time. I was in, uh, in trouble at home all the time. And I just thought, you know, what's the fucking point? I cannot win this game of life. And one of the best things was that night. Because that night I got so angry with myself and so upset. And I remember tears rolling down my face thinking that I'm this biggest piece of shit loser on the face of the planet. And I'm never going to get anywhere in life. And I'm 15 and I've got to put up with this shit until, you know, my 70s, my 80s, my 90s or whatever it is. And I'm just going to end up my whole life as a loser who's never going to get anywhere. And in that moment, I sort of flipped out a little bit and I threw the knife that I had in my hand across the room and it tore open my blinds. And I remember very clearly the streetlights coming in through the torn blinds that I'd thrown the knife through. And I made a decision that I would never, ever, ever allow other people to dictate what I could and couldn't be in life. And it was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Because until I hit rock bottom, I didn't realize that there was only one way to go and that was up. Full stop. And I think for most people in life, until you hit rock bottom, you realize that you're letting all these other things dictate and determine how you operate in life. So that was one of the first things. Then the second thing was my best friend's three-year-old niece was killed in a car accident. And I just remember thinking that life can just be taken away just like that. We're here one day and we're dead the next. And we might not even have an opportunity to be able to do the things that we want to do in life. And the other thing was that I saw other people having nice things like Ferraris and nice houses and all of this and holidays. And I thought, well, why can't I have that? And I asked that question, why can't I have this? Now I heard that you got to have a good education to get a good job. But I also knew that my parents had friends who were extremely wealthy and they were also in trouble at school. They dropped out. They built large businesses and all these things. And they had all these nice things also that I wanted. So I thought, well, why can't I have that? And I started questioning everything. And that was one of the best things that that happened to me because when I started questioning things, I realized I could have them, that it was up to me. And I just had to make different decisions. And it was the decisions that I was making that were going to determine where I would end up in life, not so much the education that I had from the schooling system. And so that was fantastic. After that, that really changed my life. And that's been the way I've been driven ever since. But also I knew that the things that inspired me was seeing other people with these great lives. I got to a point where we were making a good amount of money in the business. And at the same time, I thought, well, I want these things, but all these other voices popped into my head. You know, don't be a show off. You know, you don't have to have all these things. Um, You don't have to spend all your money. And then I started questioning those too. Well, why not? Why can't I have all those things? Why can't I have the nice car? Do I have to wait until I'm 70? Like what age is the right age to buy a supercar? You know, I know my other friends give those types of people shit. They watch a 70 year year old guy get out of a Ferrari and they go, Oh, look at that old old guy trying to be young again. But the thing is that they criticize the young guy and call him a drug dealer. They say, well, well he probably rips people off or he's probably done something illegal or it's probably he probably hide it. And I remember one of my best friends, um, Brad Smith, who owns Brat Motorcycles. Now, he was the Global Young Entrepreneur of the Year. He was an advisor to the Reserve Bank of Australia uh, in his 20s. So he was quite young and quite successful. And I asked him the question, I said, Brad, how do you deal with it when you travel around and speak to companies like Westpac and all these big, large corporations? When you're in your 20s, you ride motocross bikes and you build motorbikes for a living. How do you how do you gain their respect? And he said, Michael, it's all in my head. And I, I remember him saying this. And he said, Michael, you're always too young until you're too old. And I went, shit, there it is. You're always too young until you're too old. 
And so you just got to do things. And so I did what I wanted to do. But I also wanted to do it because there was part of me as well that realized that if it wasn't for those amazing people out there who did cool shit in life, that I wouldn't have had big enough goals and dreams and aspirations to try to get through all the problems and all the chaos and all the stress that I had in life. And if it wasn't for those people and looking at those things and saying, I want those things, how do I get them? I would have never been on the journey that I'm on. So part of me wanted to give back that to other people, other people that could see the inspiration in things. Now, I don't give a shit about the knobhead who stands on the corner and calls me a wanker because I'm driving a nice car. I don't care about the people on social media who say it's probably on loan or it's probably his mum and dad's money or whatever it is. Like People are always going to make up those things in order to justify or suit their own beliefs in life, and that's fine. That doesn't impact the way that I live. But when I get in that car and I get to drive it, not only do I feel like that I'm the king of my own destiny because I was able to create that and I was able to make the decisions to be able to afford that, but also as well, it's amazing when I drive around and I see little kids stand on the side of the road and they wave as I drive past and I give them the thumbs up out the window or, you know, parents pointing at the car and the kids like sitting there and the smiles on their face or even just people who come up and have a chat. I'll park at a, you know, at a car park at a, at a cafe and people come up and they'll just start talking. They'll have a chat. And hopefully they're the people that I can inspire to think bigger, to play bigger and do cool shit in life. So it was a way for me to give back also because other people gave me those dreams. If it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be. Maybe I'd be dead. I don't know. The first point is that we do live in the lucky country, but unfortunately, most people don't make big enough decisions in order to play that hand. They just play average. They play comfortable and they play comfortable because they're living in fear. So the podcast that I really, or this episode that I wanted to talk about today, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're watching this on iTunes or Spotify or listening to it or whatever, um, or, or any of the other social media channels, I really wanted to talk about that the decision-making process is the thing that really separates those that want something from those who don't. But then that comes down to a couple of different things. Why is it that most people make decisions to play safe? And this also came down to a conversation that I was having with a young guy who, he said, Michael, you know, I look up to you, which first of all, I don't recommend anyone looks up to me because when you look up to someone, you automatically start putting yourself down and think that you don't have something that they have. And that's not true because I've, I have problems. I have stresses. I have frustrations just like everybody. I'm just another person, but I'm a person who's extremely good at human behavior. That's the skill set that I have, and that's the skill set that I love, which is why I share this information. I also love helping business owners build businesses through people and having those skill sets as well, because I know that human behavior is going to probably be about 70 to 90% of all their frustrations, all of their problems, and also the reason why their business won't grow. The systems and processes and the operational part is a lot easier. It'll be the people that will fuck it up in the long run. So anyway... I'm talking to this young guy and he said, oh, I want to grow my business. And anyway, we're talking and he said, you know, I really look up to you and you've done great. How did you do it all? And I sort of explained in a shortened version how, you know, I just made big decisions and pushed hard. And, um, you know, I wasn't the smartest person, but I had a crazy work ethic and I worked really, really hard. Also, I just have to keep making big decisions along the way, like decisions that scare the shit out of me. So I told him all these stories. At the end, he said, look, how do I work with you? And I said, well, if you're a business owner, we've got something called our Business and Entrepreneur Odyssey, which is essentially a one-year program. We meet up every 90 days with other business owners. I bring in speakers. It's almost like a mastermind, but I hate the word mastermind because it's an odyssey. This is a, a journey. And I would assume that people don't just sign up with us for a year. Um, and since we've been doing it, we have a very low drop-off rate because most people keep re-signing because if they want to keep growing their business, they need to be around that sort of mindset where they can keep growing, plan, execute, and, and listen to other speakers or other people who have built great businesses. I shouldn't say speakers because they're not professional speakers. They're business owners and CEOs and executives and 
people who have built these amazing businesses so that they can learn from as they grow their business. And normally, you know, under $10 million is the range of people that, you know, we get along to those businesses, uh, the, the, the event. So anyway, I told him the price point, you know, it's normally 22 grand. This is what you get out of it. Now he'd already told me, I'd already pre-qualified him because he said, I've got a hundred grand in the bank. And he told me that he's doing reasonably well in his business, but he wants to keep growing it and he's stuck and it's not moving. So I gave him all these opportunities and straight away, he, he went straight into conservation mode, which is how most people live. Hence why I want to talk about it. Most people want to conserve what they have when they get to a place of safety because they're afraid of losing it. Now, I went through this as well in my business, and it was one of the most destructive things that I've ever done in my business. Because when I was putting my balls on the line and pushing hard, when I would fail, I would learn. And I could learn really, really quickly and adapt and change and move again. And I would keep pushing forward. And so the business would keep growing. And so I would either learn or I would win. Whereas when I started, when I got to a spot where we started making good money and I started saving money and putting money into business, you know, offset accounts and all that sort of stuff, all of a sudden I started playing safe and I stopped wanting to make big decisions. And so the business stalled, it stagnated midair. Now that just meant that a whole bunch of competitors kept like caught up with us. And then I started freaking out and I'm going, shit, they're beating me. They're beating me. What's going on? And so I start playing more now under fear, the fear of that these, these competitors are going to take our market share. And so instead of now making decisions based on conserving, I'm making decisions based on fear, living in desperation or making decisions in desperation, which is a really fucking bad idea if you're trying to run a business and grow a business. So the things that helped me to grow my business were the things that stopped me growing the business. Okay, because I stopped, I stopped growing the business. The things that made me grow was that I was able to execute on big decisions. I knew that even if I made the wrong decision, I could work with that decision and make it right and make it work. I knew that I could figure it out along the way and that I wouldn't lose in the long run. I'd actually gain in the long run if I learned from that because that, that decision would need to be made again in the future as the business grows. And so I would have learned the lesson. But I started playing safe. I started conserving money. I started being afraid. Well, what if I make the wrong decision? Then all of a sudden I start playing in fear and I'm indecisive. I can't make decisions. I'm stressed out all the time. I'm frustrated. I'm upset with myself. You know, I can't sleep at nighttime because finance is getting strained and I didn't want to dip into the cash pool. So, you know, here I am playing safe. The business has stopped growing. Money's going downwards. I don't want to tap into the money supply that we'd saved. And now all of a sudden I'm shitting my pants. And so this was a really, really bad idea. And I know most people who are probably listening to this have either been through this or are playing in this mode right now. And it's a really bad idea. If you want to grow a great life, first things first, you need to grow. Things in nature that don't grow, die. Things in the universe that don't expand, contract. And that happens from a quantum level right through to a cosmological level. Either the universe or, or planetary or uh, galaxies, whatever, expand, contract. You go right down to a quantum level, things expand, contract. But we have to decide, are we going to keep expanding or are we going to contract? Are we going to grow or are we going to die? And what I say to all business owners is if you've got a problem or you've got a barrier or an obstacle, there's only two ways to deal with it. You expand through it or you contract into it. You grow beyond it and you create bigger problems because you're growing. And as you grow, bigger problems grow, or you contract and you reduce into smaller problems again. And your life will be filled with small little problems that are insignificant, but you'll make them significant because that's all you've got to deal with. And life will force you to grow no matter what. So you either make small problems significant, or you actually have big significant problems that you need to deal with. Either way, you'll have problems. Now, the majority of our society, when I talk to them, they're worried about bullshit that doesn't even matter. They're worried about, you know, that the government put up, I don't know, fuel prices or, or fuel tax by three cents, and now they're frustrated. They watch a current affair and they're trying to save two cents on fuel. 
Who gives a shit? If you're worried about saving two cents on fuel, you've got the wrong priorities in life. You should be trying to figure out how to make your next hundred grand or your next million dollars. That's a big problem, okay, if you're not there, or your next 10 million or your next hundred million dollars. They're the big problems and the big obstacles you should be looking at at life. How do you create you know, financial independence in your own personal life where you can go away on holidays and not have and not be stressed all the time due to business pressures or career pressures. Now you will have those stresses in the back of your mind, but you don't want to be trapped in a place where you can't do anything because you haven't grown enough. And that's how most people live. So anyway, I wanted to talk about how we increase then and take on bigger problems and bigger obstacles and not just talk about, you know, grow and expand, but also something that that I've noticed is when when we talk about economies, there'll be when economies grow, it's because they increase their productivity. Now, in our own personal life, we can relate this back to our own life. If we want to grow, we need to increase our productivity. And if we want to grow our business, we need to increase our productivity as leaders, directors, um, CEOs, leaders in, in the business. And then we need to also help the teams around us increase their productivity as well. So productivity is the goal of the game if we want to expand and keep increasing our life. And the way we do that is when we look at productivity, we've got a few things that we need to look at. So if you're looking at a country's productivity growth, it normally comes through a few different things. So you've got innovation. Are you innovating? The other thing is, are you investing in greater ways of growth? Okay, so there's investment, there's innovation. You've got improvement in logistics or improvement in, you could say systems, processes, structure, the way that you operate. And if you're an individual and you don't own a business or you're not in a management position, you could take that as how do you improve the logistics within your own life? How do you make things where things become in flow more? So maybe like, let's use an example. Instead of washing the dishes every night, you buy a dishwasher. That dishwasher improves the logistics and you don't have to think about doing the dishes anymore because you just put pop them in the dishwasher and then you unpack the dishwasher. So instead of something taking five minutes per day, you essentially are spending five minutes per week or maybe twice a week unpacking the dishwasher. So you're saving some time, you're increasing your productivity. Then you've also got education. So the more that you learn, the more you can make better and more effective decisions. Also, it, it increases your earning capacity on a few key things. So first of all, if you want to increase your earning capacity, you've got to learn, okay? Learning is part of that. The other thing is you've got to have the courage to ask for it. There are some people out there who are extremely knowledgeable, and I get attacked online about this, where people go, you know, especially in the, the psychology industry and so on, I've heard people attack me before, and they go, well, this guy's not a psychologist. He shouldn't be giving mindset advice. But they're just jealous because I earn 10 times the amount, maybe even 20 times the amount of them because of what... I do because I've got the courage to get out there and do it and they don't. Now, they might have, maybe they've got more knowledge than me. Maybe they don't. Maybe I have more knowledge than them because I'm more dedicated than them. Maybe they don't want to be a psychologist and work in that industry or in the mental health or the human behavior industry, whereas I love it. So I spend a shitload of time studying and researching and all of that sort of stuff. Now, I may not have a university degree, but that doesn't mean that I don't know the majority of stuff that they've taught at the university. It just means that I've found another way to learn it. So anyway, some people will get upset and criticize you when you start pushing hard in life because you've got the courage to do things that they don't. And this is also why I get attacked for putting out videos and all that sort of stuff, because some people are just jealous. They don't have the courage to do it and they wish that they did. And so the easiest ways to just hold others back. And that's part of the game of life as well. In order to increase productivity, we need to increase flow and decrease restrictions. And that will increase our productivity at a level. And then you go to the next level. And at that level, again, you do the same thing. You increase flow and you decrease all the restrictions. So we need to keep thinking about what are the restrictions within our life that are, that are stopping us from getting into flow 
so that we can produce more within our own life. And we can do that through education and learning. We can do it through creating better systems and processes and structures within our own life. So for me personally, I I now have implemented a decision-making process for my team so they can order food at events because it's one less decision I've got to make. I know that with this podcast, my team have a system and a process where they can go and implement this without very minimal input from me, which now increase my productivity. So I get more time back and I can go and produce something more at a higher level in that time. So this is this is how we do it. Now, coming back to this young kid, he's got a decision to make. Do I want the life that I really want? And am I prepared to make the decisions that I need to make by increasing my education, which is learning from people who have businesses that I want to grow or, or similar to the businesses that I want to grow? Am I going to consistently innovate and learn things and put things into my business that are going to help me to increase my productivity? Am I going to invest in myself in the business or am I going to play safe? And unfortunately, the decision that he made now, it could have been because maybe my sales skills were off that day. But what I noticed was his natural decision-making strategy was to go back to what's safe. He didn't want to spend some of his hundred grand to move forward. Now, maybe I didn't do a good job of selling it. I don't know. But I mean, for the majority of business owners that I speak to, when you tell them what they can get, and also it comes with a money back guarantee that if you can't put dollars on your business, I won't invite you back for the second year, but also I'm happy to give a refund. Like, why would I want people in my business and entrepreneurial events that can't make back the money that they've spent because they're obviously not business owners or entrepreneurs? They shouldn't even be playing the game. If they want to play safe, go, go, you know, go get a job. Like it's, there's nothing wrong with having a job. It just provides safety, it provides security, and it provides those things that a lot of society are looking for. And that's fine. And they might be able to make money elsewhere. I hope that they're making money by investing or doing things outside of their job. There are a lot of people out there who have jobs that are highly skilled. And because of that, they make good money and they can invest elsewhere. And that's fine. I'm not saying that everyone should be business owners. In fact, it's it's stupid because it means crazy work hours and a whole bunch of other things. And there's always consistent pressure and stress, which you can't get away from in most cases. So anyway, the key things for this talk was really, I wanted to, first of all, inspire you to stay inspired and make sure that you keep making decisions based on your inspirations and your goals and your dreams, not your fears and play in the safety zone or in your comfort zone. Because if you do that, it'll become uncomfortable at some point in time. Also, life is short. And if you keep playing safe, especially in the lucky country or the country of opportunities, which is both Australia and America or wherever you're at in the world, if you keep doing that, you're going to look back at your life one day and go, I could have and I should have instead of I did. And I played the game very, very well. And I'm very, very happy with how I played. And also I know that not always the decisions that you make aren't always going to be right, but you've got to be okay with that and just learn from them and keep growing. That's what makes you highly skilled. You know, at school, when you learn something, you don't just learn it once and then you get dropped the exam. You get to go back and revise and look over things. Life's the same. Like just because you've failed at something or made a mistake doesn't mean that you failed at everything. It just means that you've got to go back and revise some things and think through things a little bit differently and then resit the test again. Off you go. I really hope that I've given you some different ways of thinking about the decision-making strategy. And also, I hope that you're thinking more about how do I become more productive? And one of the best ways to become more productive in life is to keep learning, is to keep growing, is to keep surrounding yourself with the right people that push you to be better. Don't listen to average people and mediocre people who say shit like, I just want to be comfortable in life. I don't really care about having nice things. Bullshit. You care about fitting into the group of people that you surround yourself with. Okay, if you surround yourself with people who don't like to stand out, you won't want to stand out either because they're the group of people that you identify with. And I'm not saying that you need to go and find a whole bunch of new friends. It just means that don't let those people and that group define your goals and dreams. 
Okay, some people don't need to have fancy cars. Some people don't even give a shit about cars and that's completely fine. Then that's not your lifestyle. But you may want to travel the world. Now, if you want to travel the world in a tent, do so. But if you want to travel the world in five stars and or six stars and you can only travel it in three stars because you've got no money, then you're decreasing not only your value, your worth, but also your enjoyment in life. And it will also create mental chaos for you because you'll ask, could have I done it? Should have I done it? What could have I done differently? And maybe I'm just a, a disappointment to myself. And until you start making bigger decisions, then that will never change. So make bigger decisions, make decisions based on your inspirations, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations. You won't always make the right decisions, but keep working on them and you'll make better decisions over time, which means that you'll grow. Also, the second thing is keep thinking about increasing your productivity, which means increasing the flow within your own life and decreasing the restrictions within your own life and things that jam you up. And those things will progress over time. Like the things that you free up today will be free tomorrow and the next day and the next week, but you'll have new restrictions as you grow. So you've always got to be thinking, where's the flow getting blocked? And how do I unblock that flow so I can keep moving forward and making bigger decisions and achieving greater things? If you do that, I guarantee you, you'll be living a greater life. You achieve the life that you want. You'll be able to live based on your values, your purpose, your mission, and all the stuff that I talk about in creating your success map in life at our Thrive Time event. And also make sure you're surrounding yourself with the people that you want to be around and learn from and hang around. And if that means paying your way in, that's how you have to do it. When I first started, I'd spent over a million dollars on study before I made my first million dollars. Now, I'd made hundreds of thousands of dollars per year, but I'd never clicked over that millions million dollar a year income uh, in our businesses until I had actually clicked over a million dollars of spending over about a 13 or 14 year period. And it was just because I just kept reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting. Now, by the way, that included flights and accommodation and travel and food and all that stuff. It was a million dollars in total, but I would fly overseas. I paid, uh, I remember paying five and a half grand um, for one ticket to go to a two-day event because I knew the people that would be in that event would be the people that I need to associate with. And it was one of those like multi-speaker events and, and so on, but I wanted a VIP ticket to surround myself with the right people because I knew the people that could afford that were the people that I needed to be around. Now, I couldn't fucking afford it. I had to go put it on a credit card. In fact, I bought two tickets, one for me, one for Jess, and we ended up going to that event. So it was uh, ten and a half, uh, five and a half grand, so it was 11 grand all up. And we're talking like 10 or so years ago. But from there, I met some amazing contacts who are still very good friends of mine today and business people that I associate with, that I network with, who are interstate and overseas. So when, when I'm traveling, I catch up with them. But sometimes you've got to pay to play. And those who keep trying to skip that step and realize that money is just the exchange of value. And if you don't have value in learning and you don't have value in growth and you don't have value in the people that you hang around, you'll never pay for it. And that's a really shitty way to live. And that's the way that most people fucking live because they think that everything should be free. They think that they'll figure out everything themselves instead of realizing that, do you know how much time it takes to be able to learn things at a high level? It takes a lot of time. Like for people to understand human behavior at the level and the coaching skills that I do, it's like, you know, I've been working with people for, like I said, almost 20 years now. Uh, 18 years or whatever it is. It's a long time. And in that time, having spent the money and all that sort of stuff, you can go through and do exactly what I've done, but it's going to take 18 years plus a lot of money in order to get there. And also you've got to have the love for it to keep going and keep pushing through when shit gets hard, which most people don't. And so they'll give up. 
make sure you keep doing what you love and keep pushing hard. But if you want to do things, you've got to pay to play if you want to shorten the time frame. And either way, you're going to be paying with something. You're going to pay with your time. You're going to pay with your money. You're going to pay with your knowledge. You're going to pay with your goals and your dreams if you don't achieve them. And now, if you don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the owner of Mojo Human Performance Institute. We focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for driven mofos. Please remember to subscribe, like, and share as most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. And remember, never underestimate the dream and I look forward to you joining me back here once again on another podcast. 